From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, tell reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room into their open mouths as they sleep a bed of old dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day they'll escape from the subterranean hell that is the basement beneath City Hall, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay. Starving. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello, greetings. How are you doing? Good socially distanced radiophonic greetings to you. Oh, good socially distanced radiophonic greetings to you, too. Oof, excellent. And how, how do you fare on this, uh, on this evening, on this meeting? Eh, you know, the weather has turned. Uh, I've got a bit of, you know, a, a head thing from the weather change. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure... I feel a throbbing in my sinuses, but other than that, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that could also be the, the anxiety of, from the pressures of this job. It is, a, it is a tough job. I think we deserve a trophy, is what I think. You know what? I think you're right. I think in recognition of the many deadlines that we have met almost over the years, we definitely... Trophies. We, trophies. Do you hear that, City Hall? Trophies. We trophies. should do attendance. Let's do attendance. Okay, uh... Okay, uh, first attendee is... Sorry? Sorry. Sorry, I was, I was eating a delicious sandwich. Oh, is that on the attendance list? Uh, eating a delicious sandwich is A, on the attendance list, and B, what I was doing. Oh, well, then I guess that's here. I guess it is. Well, actually, the delicious sandwich is gone because I just ate it. Oh, well, that's not going to help us make quorum. No, no, um, but uh, you're here, and um, what's your name? Paul, Paul DeShane. Paul, Paul DeShane. Okay, I'll, I'll put you in. Uh, I'll, pe- I'll pencil you in, as they say. Thank and you. Uh, un- until the delicious sandwich comes back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have you as, as, an atten- as an attendee. Okay. Okay, and second attendee this evening is... Sorry, sorry, what's that? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was I was trying to say the name, but uh, they they put in a, a really nice cookie for dessert, and I just I could not help myself. It was so delicious. Oh, what kind of cookie? Uh, a ginger, not a ginger snap. It's like a, it was nice and moist. Oh. This is just to say that I've eaten the cookie that was in my lunchbox, and which I know you were saving. Um, forgive me. It was so gingery and cookie. Was that my lunchbox or your lunchbox? You know, I think property is theft. So the very concept of your lunchbox or my lunchbox is violating uh, our, our universal human rights. Fair. You can have my lunch. Cool. Thank you. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I had our lunch more than your lunch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, since the cookie's gone and the lunch and the lunch is gone, I'm just going to put myself in as the second attendee. It's uh, Aiden Morgan. Aiden Morgan. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're both here. Do we have quorum? No. No. Oh, hey. Um, just before we move on um, with our with our guests for tonight, 
I just I have to show you I made like a matter enhancer and solidify array. Um, so I just you know I'm just gonna try it on you and you should probably get like denser and bigger and more sort of like you'll be almost like Hulk out a bit. Will this help with my sinuses? Yes, that that's the idea. It will clear your sinuses, and you will also gain like twice your current weight in just sheer muscle mass. Okay. Yeah. I'm game. I'll try anything. Awesome. Okay, hold on. Let me just uh, just try and f- you know I didn't label the um, the reverse switch, but I think I've got in the right position here. Okay. Okay, and uh, now we have a uh, next set of guests. Paul, um, why don't you introduce them? Paul. Up, oh, Paul vanished. He just, he just. I watched him sort of like ignite and fizzle away. It's gross. All right. Well, maybe he'll um, reconstitute himself. But I guess in the meantime, I've got to introduce the guests. We have uh, the toxic algal bloom, known as Tab, and uh, his uh, translator and spokesperson, Abby Colgate Locks. Welcome. Uh, Tab says, it's lovely to be here with you again, Aiden and the dematerialized Paul. Yeah, just sorry about the really terrible smell that his remains have left behind. Uh, we're, we're working on that. Anywho, so uh, we, we've had, we had uh, Tab in before when he uh, first launched his campaign to be mayor of, uh, of the swamp of, uh, you know, Ascana Island, was it? And... Oh, wow. Willow Island. Willow Island. Sorry, my my brain was my brain was uh, sort of like fizzing out there, um, much like Paul's entire being. Uh, anywho, uh, so why don't you get us a little up to date on your campaign and uh, what what kind of like struggles have you faced? What have you accomplished? And what is there to come? <laughs> Yes, it's been a very exciting and jam-packed campaign so far. I have been hard at work campaigning, um, door knocking, uh, reinforcing uh, the trust in my campaign platform, and most importantly, getting to know the fine residents of the swamp a little bit better. So... What did he just say? I, I didn't quite I didn't quite catch that tab. Could you repeat yourself? Bye-bye. Oh, um, swamp. It, it's just a cordial. It's very hard to translate that phrase, actually. It's um, a swampy greeting, just of, of affection and of mutual respect. Bye-bye. Oh, My accent well, is really subpar, but. Uh, well, bye-bye. to you too, tab. Did I, I hope I got that right. Bye-bye. So-so. So, so, I got, I got that. <laughs> I understood that tone. Um, so my, my question is, when, um, when you're going door knocking, well, this is a question in two parts. One, do people recoil in horror at the sight of you? And two, after they're done recoiling, what kind of concerns do they have for Willow Island and your constituency? <laughs> Uh, 
uh, Tab says, well, I wouldn't say that there has been any noticeable recoiling per se, except perhaps from my official opponents, the uh, residents and folks behind all of the swampy doors I have encountered have um, for the most part been very welcoming and very supportive of my campaign. Um, there is a lot of agree agreement about affordable nesting, which is one of the uh, tenets of my campaign platform, increasing uh, safe and affordable housing and nesting for all of the residents of the uh, swamp, as well as a, a very, very strong uh, support for defunding the swamp police, which I, uh, I have committed to doing as well. Are there any uh, incentives that you're thinking in your platform for people or other animals to move to uh, the swamp? Uh, yes, uh, as many of your listeners might already know, um, there has been an increase of residents in the swamp and on Willow Island over the last four to five uh, years, which uh, largely has coincided with the um, the festival of Swamp Fest, we, or suspicions. We were doing some more research into that, but uh, increased um, community supports that that we will continue to provide for all of the swampy residents um, has been a big incentive for um, all sorts of blob forms, scum, algae, geese. Creatures of all sorts, really, are, are voicing their support and um, kind of flocking to Willow Island just to feel the benefits of living in a community such as the one that we have. Very nice. Now, in uh, now in springtime, I noticed that uh, Wascana Lake and Environs tends to have a pretty, um, it's got a pretty pungent smell. I mean, for and for many people are, are not big fans of that. If you were elected mayor of Willow Island, would you put a stop to the springtime smell? Or is that, or do you think that that provides a benefit for the, uh, for the residents of, of your constituency? Uh, yes, Tab says that um, while they do not specifically feel that a pungent aroma is something that should disqualify anyone from living on Willow Island, we can't always control our smell, but that uh, Tab's platform for Mayor of Willow Island does include two, uh, actually two very important points around uh, scent-based cleanup systems. So the Wooey, that le lake stinks, is the W in their campaign. And poop, clean it up. So there is going to be some focus on, on um, improving the aroma of our fair swamp. Right. I mean, I think part of it comes from, of course, the geese population just pretty much pooping wherever they please around the park. And I'm wondering, Tab, if uh, what your relations with the... Uh, Canada goose population are. 
Hmm. A, a tab has always felt uh, very supported and amicable towards the Canada goose population. Uh, they mentioned that they are studying uh, goose, um, but aren't totally fluent just yet. Goose tongue. Oh, I believe that word, that was a word in goose that I'm not super familiar with. Oh. Tab, would you, uh, could you let me know what that is in algal tongue? Ah, stupendous. Yes. Oh, nice. Well, okay. I, okay, I feel like we're being educated in all kinds of things tonight. Yes, I mean, Tab really is full of surprises. I, yep. Yeah. And is also a polyglot. Very learned, a, a very polyglottal <laughs> candidate. <laughs> that yes. was actually one of the uh, potential uh, campaign slogans, but it was, uh, we decided it didn't quite roll off the tongue, such yeah, as well, the right blob for the job. Right, blob. Yeah, that 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 connects a little bit more with the with the people and the animals mm-hmm. and the other algae, you know, blooms and whatnot. So tell tell us, Tab, about uh, about your opponents, if you will. I know I know you don't want to talk too much about the competition, um, but uh, what who who are you facing off against in uh, in this race? Oh, see if I caught all that tab says that well there were rumors at the time of our last interview here with you that um a candidate named Sam was throwing their hat in the ring for mayor. And, and since that time, this has been confirmed. Sam or the shadowy amorphous mayor has officially announced their uh, campaign for mayor of Willow Island. Um, and a, a new late arrival, Honk Gooserson, the oh. uh, goose candidate. Sounds Dutch. Uh, very little is known about Honk. Um, they don't seem to have a lot of information about their platform. Uh, we, we don't necessarily consider them a serious candidate. However, uh, we would welcome a debate um, for all three candidates, really. The people want to hear what all candidates have to say. Well, I, uh, I, I've heard a couple of uh, rumors about, uh, about Honk Gusserman's uh, c- uh, campaign. And as far as I know, his, his main, or perhaps her main uh, plat- part of the platform is to build a gigantic nest that will cover at least two thirds of, uh, of, of Willow Island and about out into the lake. This is just what I hear though. I think they want to use it. They, think, they say it can be like good for like sports. It could be like kind of like, uh, like an arena. But I, but I understand it might only be good for like bird sports. Can Tab? Can you confirm or deny that rumor? Have you heard anything about this? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Tab has heard inklings of this rumor and cannot confirm nor deny the validity of this um, giant um, recreational nest. We might call it. Um, However, Tab can assure the good citizens of Willow Island that a large nesting complex 
right in the center of our Fair Willow Island is not within their platform. And uh, here's the open green space and uh, space that all residents of Willow Island can enjoy is more of a priority for the, for the inner swamp. Understood. Uh, by the way, uh, we're on CJTR 91.3 FM Community Radio, tuned into the community, and we're talking with uh, Abby Colgate-Locks and the mayor, the future possible mayor of Willow Island, Tab. So, uh, c- curious about um, the uh, Sam or the shadowy amorphous mayor. Uh, I have to say that hearing his name fills me with a kind of like dread that I cannot pin down. Uh, I'm wondering, do you feel that same kind of dread when you hear that name tab or am I just being foolish? Yes, Aiden, the dread you are feeling is uh, real and you should not shy away from that. The shadowy amorphous mare uh, might seem like an amicable character if anyone has seen or heard his campaign video. Um, But really, if you look a few layers deeper, they have a purely evil platform that uh, Tab is convinced is really out just for um, the gain of financial gain for a few and not the benefit of all. Hmm. What, what is, what is this platform? Uh, It sounds evil just from your description, but I'd like some specifics. So, our audience can like hear and understand what evil sounds like in action. Uh, yes. Um, I don't want to give too much attention to my opponent's evil platform. However, I believe that the acronym that they are using uh, speaks for itself, SELL. The S being for swamp taxes lowered, um, meaning that a lot of public services would no longer be funded. Uh, The E is for engaging the private sector. And uh, really, Sam just wants to make money um, and sell off all the public uh, swamp land to commercial developers um, and L, the first of L's is loads more surveillance. Uh, it, with a SAM overlord, you can be sure that your privacy will be compromised and that your every move in the swamp and otherwise might be uh, and will be scrutinized um, through surveillance. And the last L is for local resources. Let's use them. Sam really uh, has no eye for the environment uh, and just wants to burn through those resources that make our swamp great. There's even been, uh, I think, I think Tab mentioned uh, somewhere in there mention of this bog demon, but I, I would like you to elaborate, Tab. Tab, please. <laughs> yes, uh, there is reputed, there's been rumors of a, the bog demon of, of lore that dwells deep in the swamp, that uh, with all of the resource extraction that Sam hopes to accomplish, it might bring the um, terrifying bog demon out of its slumber. 
which cannot be good for anyone. So he's kind of like the bog demon and sort of like a, a local Godzilla. Burp, burp. You could say that, yes. Well, well I, I, for one, uh, don't want like a monstrous reminder of, uh, of our you know, short-sightedness and hubris with the natural environment rampaging around Willow Island and possibly even you know, getting to the downtown. Yes, if, if, if a bog demon or other evil entity were to encompass the downtown, it would only be a matter of time before our fair city and possibly even beyond was encompassed by evil. So if, uh, so if this were to happen, if the unthinkable were to come to pass, Sam were to become mayor, bog demon unleashed, uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of moves, Tab, would you make to uh, you know, repair the damage done and, uh, and return the uh, bog demon to its uh, subaqueous slumber? Right. Well, um, Tab emphasizes that they are running um, a very strong campaign and really hope to get the support, enough support of the swamp citizens to secure their place as mayor, rightful mayor of Willow Island. But should this victory not occur, Swamp assures the good citizens of Willow Island and beyond that they would do their very best as official uh, leader of the official opposition of the swamp to hold the uh, bog demon and Sam accountable for all of their actions. Um, Once the bog demon is unleashed, uh, Tab doesn't really want to speculate because this has never occurred before and uh, this would be unprecedented in modern swamp politics. Right, it would be it would be, it would be quite an event. Um, so yeah. tell me, um, tell me about masks. What's your what's your position on masks, Tab, in in these days of the coronavirus? Tab believes wear one. Why not? I'm covered in at least eight layers of algal film and leaves as well as algae and i believe that uh we should all be doing our best to protect the other citizens of our fair swamp Uh, i I know that masks are kind of the third rail of politics these days but i'm fully on board with your position but uh something just occurred to me uh tab uh do you are you wearing any clothes or is that just you? Because I, I I have to say from a public morals perspective, I don't know about like a naked mayor. Tap doesn't quite understand this concept of nudity as a amorphous conglomerate of algae and other scum there's really no difference between their body and the body of the swamp uh, and believes that this uh, 
fixation on nudity might be perhaps not really the best uh, way to look at, at them as a candidate. Fair enough. I, I completely understand. But I, I have to say, some other candidates, and I don't want to name names, might bring it up as a, as a means of like weakening your position. So if, if Sam ever shows up with a suit, you can bet that that's going to be in his arsenal. Oh. So what I'm saying is if you need additional political consultants to hire, um, I, I need a job that pays money and lets me out of this basement. So uh, just keep me in mind. Will do. And do you do political consultation work on the side? We were not aware of this. Oh, yeah. No, I do all kinds of... I do. Uh, I do photography, I make popcorn, and uh, yeah, I do a little political consultation from time to time. Great. We actually are looking for an official popcorn provider as well, so we can talk after the show. Perfect. Uh, I, I just, I wouldn't have brought it up, but with I, if I can't reconstitute my co-host, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So anyway, we, uh, we are running out of time, so I'm going to gather up uh, the remains of Paul, which are somehow simultaneously like sizzling, smoking, but also running everywhere. Just, I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'll, I'll take them in the back and uh, put them in my matter reconstitutor, uh, which I just built last week. Um, so this, this all works out really well. Uh, so, but before we go, Tab, do you have any message for your constituents uh, and the people that, uh, and creatures that will no doubt be electing you mayor of Willow Island. Yes. Uh, that was a that was a real mouthful. Tab does want to mention that uh, there will be a live election uh, election day, as you all might or might not know, is November 9th. Um, in addition to the Regina Municipal election, the Swamp Fest uh, Willow Island mayoral election will be occurring. You can tune in to uh, on Facebook. Uh, look for us at Swamp Fest YQR or on YouTube. Swamp Fest. There will be live uh, voting where any residents of the swamp can vote for their candidate. Uh, there are also just launched a TABS official t-shirt for the campaign and those t-shirts are available for purchase at the uh, TNA Vintage on Victoria Avenue. Check those out as well as campaign buttons and um, for more information and for all of TAB and Sam's campaign information, you can check out TAB's official website, which is swampfest.ca. Wonderful. Well, I, I look forward to uh, Swampfest and the uh, election, and uh, as well as the civic election, all happening at the same time um, in like a, a, an orgiastic frenzy of democracy. Yes. You could call it that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> anyway, 
Thanks so much, you two. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be moving on now, uh, but you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. There we go. I knew I'd be able to rematerialize you, Paul. Oh, my sinuses feel so much better. That's good. You're not quite as hulked out as I was hoping for. But I'm glad your sinuses are, are a little bit, uh, a little bit sort of in better order. They're great. Yep, I can breathe now. And you're corporeal. Yeah. Well, whatever. But I, I think you hulked out my sinuses, and that was one of the whatever you did. It has worked. Excellent. I knew I knew this device would be good for something. What's first on the agenda? First on the agenda. Uh, well, unfortunately, you missed the uh, the interview. Uh, oh, did I? With, uh, with Tab and uh, Abby Coleman, uh, Colgate Locks. Oh, you, I love you were. You were, you were deconstituted, and it was gross. And they, they, had, they had a schedule to keep, so I couldn't, I couldn't take the time to reconstitute you right away. That's understandable. Yeah. But they, they say hi. I will happily be deconstituted if, you know, that's what it takes for our guests to be happy. I would say the same thing about myself, except I saw what happens with my own eyes, and it is so vile and so repulsive in the sight of humankind that I'm not sure I would want to do that. Okay. But, but I like the spirit of, of, uh, of willing to be deconstituted. Okay. So uh, I think we should mention that uh, we, uh, we have a sponsor. We do? We do. A real live sponsor. Yep. Who is a it? A real live one. It is, it's a little weird because they, they specialize in um, a district full of warehouses, but not just warehouses, retail, residences, uh, dining and drinking establishments. It's the uh, Regina Warehouse District uh, Improvement. Regina Warehouse Improvement Business District? No, Um, Warehouse Business Improvement. Oh my God, I think it's It's the Warehouse District Business Improvement District. Oh my God, no, it can't be. It can't be. The point (laughs) is... (laughs) They have warehouses and they improve them. Exactly, and they improve everything else in that particular district, which they govern, which features warehouses. They have a fine team there, including Lisa and Kitchy D, the foundation of all the improvement in the warehouse district. Precisely. And they improve our show by sponsoring it, uh, which means that they, by the transit of property, improve the entire city. It's true. I was glad to apply my Philosophy 151 course that I took in the 90s. Nice work. I was impressed. So, yes, so we got those sponsors. So thanks to the uh, warehouse district uh, improvement folks. And uh, we also have some... Uh, I believe there's some kind of thon going on involving the radio. There is. There's the uh, CJTR radio thon is going on right oh. now. Yeah. As we speak. Yeah. So uh, that's that time of the year. Uh, and it's running from October 16th to 23rd. And uh, it's when the CJTR asks its fans, its listeners, uh, its people who are uh, just, you know, idly fond of community radio to open up their hearts and their wallets and uh, support community radio mm-hmm. in the city of Regina. And why, but why should they do that? What, what's in it for them is what I'd like to know. Well, you know, the first thing that's in it for them is stronger, better, more awesome community radio, uh, which in and of itself is a massive reward. But uh, this year, donations of $50, you'll get a cool scarf mask uh, with, you know, the CJTR logo on it. 
Donations of $100 will get a fancy t-shirt designed by Carly Jessup and silkscreened by Articulate Inc. And donations of $150 or more will get both. Whew. Oh, and there's more. New this year, every $25 donation will be entered into a draw for one of two special prize packages, both valued at over $1,000. Uh, and they feature amazing products and services from local businesses. Among them, uh, I can, can I tell you who some of these local businesses are? Tell away. Oh, I sure will. Bushwhacker Brew Pub, Cathedral Pet Stop, Quar Coffee, The Cure Kitchen and Bar, Double Tree Hilton, Float Now, YQR. That's how you say it, by the way. Um, Candy Boutique, Mandala Massage, Miyasuin Salon Spa. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The Optical Shop, Pacific Fresh Fish, Regina Folk Festival, Seeds, Sustainable Style, Shannon's Pub and Grill, Tall Grass Apparel, Vintage Vinyl and Hemp Emporium, the Regina Downtown and the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement Districts, and more. So thanks to all of those uh, people who've sponsored the Radiothon this year. And uh, yeah, please donate to uh, CJTR. You can uh, donate by calling 306-525-7274, or you can uh, go to our website, and that is cjtr.ca slash donate. Community radio is awesome. It uh, helps the Improvement Bureau continue to improve things. And uh, so please help us out. Yeah. Uh, just a note, though, you can no longer pay in uh, pressed discs of salt, such as used to be available uh, to Roman soldiers by the, uh, by the Empire. Please make it like MasterCard, Visa, uh, check, etc. We do take live lobsters, though. Oh, yeah. Live, like live, angry live lobsters. Yep. Snapping lobsters. Yep. For sure. If they're not angry, we don't want them. Uh, what is next on the agenda here, Aiden? Uh, I believe we, uh, we're going to be uh, listening to some interviews with some, uh, some mayoral candidate people. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, you are. We are trying to interview all of the mayoral candidates. We've extended invitations to all nine of them. Uh, and uh, so today I thought we would play excerpts from the first two interviews that uh, we've completed. We have an interview with Sandra Masters, former board chair of the Regina Exhibition Association Limited. And we also have an interview with the mighty Jim Elliott. Oh, great. Uh, it is his fourth time running for mayor in the city of Regina. And uh, he ran for council one time before that. So, yeah, we uh, take a little bit of a look back at, uh, you know, what he's seen since, uh, you know, all these years that he's been uh, trying to take over the city and not quite making it. But, I, you know, I like his chances this time. I, I've got a good feeling. Fourth time's the charm, they say. That, that's the saying, and there's yep. a reason it's true. Okay, so uh, first interview will be Sandra Masters, and we'll just, like, segue directly into uh, our talk with Jim Elliott. The, the first bullet point in your platform is conduct an operations efficiency review within the first six months, uh, and you want to find 15% in savings from increased operational efficiencies. So my question is, like, 15% of what? Because, like, yeah. city, city operations are, like, $472 million. That'd be, like, 15% of that is $71 million. Is that, like, is that actually your goal? I think I just like to set a goal, and I think 15%. It, frankly, when you're in a downturn in the economy, you should be looking for 5, 10, 15% all the time. And I think cities should be held to the same kind of level of that. If you fall short of it, that's fine. But if that's what everybody's looking for, at least you're shooting at a place which isn't some sort of 5% number. Look, I've had discussions with people that work at the city and 
<laughs> some of these ideas come from people that actually do the job when they look at it in terms of we have a real problem in the city, both within and without city structure, about kind of operating in silos. Like, and that's the word I keep hearing. We're all kind of stay in your lane sort of principle where you're, you do what you do and don't pay attention to anybody else. When we all know, whether it's life or work or anything else, if you can share what it is you're doing with somebody else, sometimes you figure out, wait a minute, we're duplicating something or um, we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing because um, it's not necessary or uh, we have too many of X. It, whatever it is. And I, I just think if you start peeling that apart and have people set a target, have people go after it, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by what you find. Like what scale of a review are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, like a management review? Um, like, do you, do you have a, uh, do you have like a plan in mind for how this would look? I think I understand it in terms of business units. So if you drill down into business units and you start at the top and you say you're going to find 15% and then every layer underneath that is going to look for something because to your point, it's a 400 plus million dollar budget, but some business units have $250,000 that is in their purview. Go have a look at it. I believe, I believe there's lots there that exists. And if you, there's an accountability piece but an ownership piece. And I think when people have a sense of ownership and a little bit more control over what it is they're doing and then, and getting kudos for it. Like, I just think it's, there's a bit of it, which is, even though it sounds like it's something potentially negative, I don't think it is. I think there's a review where everybody, everybody's important. Everybody that contributes to that bottom line or, or that expense line is important. And let's look at something collectively that we can improve upon. I think though that when some people would see a number like 15% uh, and compare it to the operations budget of 472 million, I think there there may be a concern that people would see numbers that huge and worry that the only way to achieve that is by getting rid of people. <laughs> there are certain business lines that we can't lose any people from. I don't, I don't think it's about people at all. And I'm just gonna give you an example, okay? So, 10 years ago, there was a study done, one of the many that sit on a desk somewhere, that suggested certain things could happen with, with a couple, for example, that are underused and, uh, I mean, just badly in need of repair that money's never going to go into. And had they decommissioned two of them at the time when we had replacement coming on stream, would have saved the city $16 million. Over 10 years, mind you, but $16 million. Well, my math works $1.6 million. I, I'm sorry, I, your your audio cut out just when you said what that was that was sitting on the shelf. <laughs> that, sorry, there was a study done on some of our city rinks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you can get up at arms about city rinks and whatnot, but if you're going to end up, this is part of this planning thing, which if you look ahead, you have to know what needs to be addressed or you end up, you end up in a situation where multiple facilities at the same time or, you know, our water, uh, our, our water pipe system or our underground utilities, everything starts to fail at the same time. And then it becomes overwhelming as opposed to planning for it. But there's an example where it's 1.6 million per year. It has nothing to do with people whatsoever. It has to do with the fact that we have aging assets and we need to plan better for how we either upgrade, replace, or decommission them. Okay, I want to jump, I want to put a pin in this for a sec. And I want to jump ahead to you, you also mentioned, because I think this is tied into it, you mentioned in your, uh, your platform, that you want to rejuvenate the downtown by attracting investment uh, into the core. 
we had a downtown neighborhood plan that was passed in 2009, and then that was, uh, in, it informed and in, was incorporated into the official community plan. Uh, that you're identifying a need for rejuvenation. Uh, does that imply that you see that downtown neighborhood plan as uh, sort of failing the promise that it uh, had offered? Failing the promise or simply not being followed or some combination thereof. Um, like I'm gonna come back again to, when you have, it's 10%, I've heard the number 15, I've heard the number eight in terms of the property tax for the city that comes out of that downtown core. And I think it depends on where you draw where you draw that line. But if it's in that six block radius, it's 8%. If it's slightly outside of that, it starts to climb. And I think the frustration is when you walk down some of those streets, not Victoria Avenue, it's been fixed. Out in front of City Hall looks fantastic right now. But yep. some of those other streets are like this, you can't, you can't push wheelchairs on them because they're so cracked or whatever, or it becomes quite difficult. Um, we've, we've, we, we piecemeal stuff in this city because in order to make, in order to mollify, maybe is the word to use, uh, some particularly outspoken group, we do one small thing. And I'm going to go back to planning. It's just start attacking it methodically, put it into a multi-year budget, and you'll figure out every year we're going to spend X amount of dollars and we're going to do this, this, this. The other thing is, is there's an intensification levy that the city put into place because they have this mantra that growth should pay for growth, which ironically hinders growth <laughs> because we have dilapidated buildings, which some of them just need some love. And if a, if, if an, a property owner or someone looking to locate downtown didn't have to spend an extra 30% on the value of, of the renovation or the overhaul they wanted to do, that would act, you kind of get out of their way then. You, that's an, by not having a disincentive, it's an incentive at this point in time. And I, really think downtown that's necessary in terms of we don't need vacant buildings. We don't need more parking lots. We, we need people to live there. We need people to come and locate there or, or to operate within the existing structures that are now vacant. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that uh, intensification levy. Um, I think some of the rationale behind that is uh, in the early 2000s, the city had uh, revamped its whole uh, levy structure because up until that point, uh, greenfield growth had not been paying for itself. And that was contributing largely to our infrastructure deficit. The intensification levy is actually relatively new. It was an attempt to sort of like level the playing field for developers and also to uh, not start facing an infrastructure deficit on, you know, infrastructure that needed renovation in the core. That intensification levy is supposed to pay for that renewal of infrastructure. Um, do you see dropping that intensification levy a worthwhile cost to the city? Because it, it would end up like losing that would end up costing us money. I think you can't say you want something and then not invest in it with intention. So if you want 30% densification downtown, and we know what happens. We know safety uh, factors are increased. The more people you put on the ground there, we know that that the vibrancy of our city will be judged by our downtown for anybody coming in and out of it. And in fact, yeah. So when you have a 10-90 split instead of the 30-70 target split, to get to 30, you may have to incentivize. And as I said, incentivizing it may just be not charging that levy. There's a responsibility on behalf of the city to take property tax dollars and invest it where they're collecting it. 
And I would suggest maybe that if downtown felt like they had 8% of all the city's property taxes being invested downtown, they might not care about an intensification levy. That's the problem is we collect from one to pay for the other, which is fine because I think that's just the way it works. But you can't say you want 30% or you can't say you want people living downtown and then hammer them for it. It, right. it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And in fact, you don't find that elsewhere. Like when you want investment in a particular area, you sort of move a little bit out of the way. They still have to pay property taxes. They still have to do those things, but you stop making it quite so difficult and quite so expensive. Last question. Uh, You've talked a lot about uh, much longer term planning for the kinds of things that you'd like to see accomplished. Uh, If you look back at the history of mayors of Regina, they tend to have this job for like eight to 20 years. Are, are, are you ready for this? Are you like, uh, are you, are you yeah. like psyched for the, the commitments you're, you're trying to make here? I am. And two terms is more than enough. I, I actually think there should be term limits. I think we all get stale dated. I re- I firmly believe that I'm brought in term limits at the board at Everest or exhibition because of that, you know, very reason. Uh, am I ready for it? Sure. Actually, I, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something very energizing about it. And, and maybe it's because I used to be in real estate or I used to be in the business of, of, of financing real estate. And I can drive around the city and I can point to buildings that happened because you, were, you participated in what brought them about. And, and I'm kind of a nerd that way when, you know, you look at a building and you go, okay, whether that's a historic thing or it's a new thing, you say, you know, 10 years from now, this will be significant. Or, hey, I I did that 15 years ago. There's an element where you kind of make a mark, which is is really cool. And I I think the same thing in terms of if you're going to start collecting data and metrics on something like poverty and all the elements that sit underneath it, that if if, if you approach it from a, we're going to collect the data as we go, and 10 years down the road, you could say, holy smackers, we did you know, we affected or changed the trajectory of X number of people's lives. Like, I just don't think there's anything better in life than that. Like you have kids, you raise kids, you get to kind of see it and touch it and, you know, get grandbabies out of it. Um, But there's something really meaningful and worthwhile to all of that. That was our interview with mayoral candidate Sandra Masters on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned in to the community. Up next, our interview with mayoral candidate Jim Elliott. Here we are again. Another election, another uh, mayoral run. Mm -hmm. Is this your third? I think I'm thinking, no, it's actually my fourth, because the first one was with uh, Pat Fiacco, I think, in 2009, and then then 12 again with him, and then uh, 16 with... With Fougere, and then, you know, and then again. I was actually looking back at uh, some of the old uh, questionnaires that you filled out for Prairie Dog and some of the old coverage that you'd, uh, you'd done. And uh, I wanted to, like, sort of look back at uh, the 2012 election mm-hmm. uh, when uh, you ran against, you know, a big field of candidates uh, because Fiaco wasn't running again. And this was the election that Fougere got elected in. Right, right. That was that was the housing election, right, with a side of stadium. But that was like the tail end. We didn't know it at the time, but it was the tail end of the you know that deep housing crisis we were in. 
And at the same time, the city was building a stadium. You know, it was about to like approve the financing for the stadium. Just, you know, over the last eight years since then, do you think we've made any progress from that, you know, that housing election? Not really, other than that the uh, federal government has, I guess, come back into the game in respect to providing some from local as well as national uh, uh, push on this, uh, to, which I guess in, in some manner, at least we've, we've been able to keep the discussions going and, and, uh, and keep the, you know, the push to, to get, you know, to get more people off the street essentially and, uh, and to get into the point counts and, and that type of thing, which again indicated we've got a problem and we need to, we need to address it. So. But uh, in the sense of the overall scheme of things, it really, really hasn't uh, done much, again, other than getting the, the community together to talk it and find out what we really need to do. So, Although one of the arguments that was uh, bopping around back, you know, between 2007, 2012, was this idea that uh, we just have to invest in market housing and eventually, you know, capitalism will do its magic, uh, the market will do its magic, and uh, it will solve our housing problem for us. Uh, we now have uh, quite a high vacancy rate. What do you say to those people who say that, well, you know, the housing, pro- the housing crisis went away uh, without, you know, the city making, like it made some investments in uh, affordable housing, but didn't make, you know, the massive, the mass scale investments that people like you and other housing advocates were calling for. How, how do you respond to that? I think it's something that I guess, you know, we should have been talking to the landlords and the people that actually are, you know, in their rental business because their their intent is, is still to, you know, push that, uh, that, that rental rate up to whatever it can get. And uh, now we, we have seen some uh, claw back from that in the sense that some landlords are, you know, giving, you know, a free month's rent out of the first year or something like that type of thing to try to ameliorate the, you know, the cost of what rent is as well as, you know, get people into the house. Uh, but I think, you know, we've clearly seen that, uh, you know, more housing doesn't necessarily mean those that are at the lower end of the, the spectrum you know, get, you know, get into those houses. And so we were still seeing the, you know, the poor housing, the, you know, the, the black mold, the, you know, sewer problems, the heating problems, uh, you know, leaky windows, that type of thing. And so it's never really tackled, you know, the, or I guess pushed the landlords enough to, to uh, you know, to go after that because like, you know, walking around now, I don't think it's changed much in the sense you, you still see the worn out houses, you still see the the vacant lots, you still see the you know the properties that are still sitting for rent and and not uh, not being you know fixed up or or uh, you know occupied. So, what are you hearing from people on the lower income side of things? I guess just that it's it's you know it it may be that uh, we're we're in a position where we've got. You know, lots of vacant property, but you know they either can't afford to move or 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 
know, still having to, to cover off their, their costs somewhere else. Now, the supplements that COVID has kind of kicked in on a few occasions, at least, even though, you know, they did give the moratorium on getting kicked out of the house, at least for financially for a bit, there, there was time where, you know, they could actually, uh, you know, kind of rest assured a little bit that, you know, hey, they've got enough money in the house to, to pay the rent and get food and, you know, and look after uh, other other costs. But uh, like I said, it's still, you know, the, the, the people that are paying rent are still, still it's still too high. You know, it's still, uh, for what they're getting in many cases, it's, you know, it's uh, like I was just talking with a friend just uh, yesterday and, you know, they've got no heat in their apartment and, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the building is fine, but, for, you know, and then the landlord can't seem to figure out how to get that heat in that one apartment. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I don't think he's intent to give her a break on her rent for that, for the month or whatever, or a few weeks it, it will take to get it fixed. So, Okay. Uh, last question. Fourth run for mayor. I, I, I think it's safe to say, that you are consistently a dark horse candidate when you enter these races. Why do you keep doing it year, you know, election after election after election? Uh, I think part of it is, has always been my intent is to, is to try to make things better. Uh, and until that happens, I, I don't necessarily think that I'm probably going to quit. It's now I may change gears a little bit and simply just be the advocate that comes to the city hall and keeps pushing things that way or or taking some you know community initiatives to to tackle those problems but, but uh like i said it's it's always it's always been a, a motto of mine to some extent and, and it, it you know it's it's come up on on some other uh people that have you know like we can do better than this. We can we can solve these problems, and and we just need to you know put our minds to it and and you know and people are people are responding this time. I'm getting a lot more callbacks on on the the, the postcards that I've been passing out and all that, saying hey you know we like what you're you're doing and you know we. Uh, we think things should change, and and therefore that you know we're I'm getting your vote. So it, uh, so I think it's it's uh, now maybe it's it it takes a little bit to to get that profile to you know to push it. But even even when we had that group of eight or nine the last time, uh, I was getting responses from even some of the other candidates saying, "Hey, that's a good idea. We probably should do that." But yet, there, you know, it never seems to you know, get to that, you know, that first step of, of you know, and like I said, and until things are, are pushed like we have done with the 100% renewable and people keep coming back to council and keep coming back, you, you know, you're now getting, uh, you know, far, firm commitments. We are going to do it this time. You know, I, I'm, I'm firmly, you know, uh, I, you know, believe that's what's going to happen in the next little while, whether, you know, whether it could have been done faster, I think it it could have, you know. But uh, we're we're definitely moving in the right direction. But like I said, you know, I, I still want to be there 
you know, pushing or in some cases bringing new ideas to the to the table. Okay, so that's it for our interviews with Sandra Masters and Jim Elliott. Uh, and I think with that, we should call for an adjournment. All right, well, I guess uh, I will call for one of those. And I'll second the motion. Well, in that case, motion is passed. This meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Your hosts are Paul Shen and Aidan Morgan, music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Um, we are broadcast live from 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings, and we broadcast from Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Queen City AB, uh, queencityab.com, and of course, cjtr.ca slash listen live uh, coming up next we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret with Medi V followed by the cockpit music all on through the night after that that is everything keep on improving Regina do you want to clip the did you videotape the whole thing and we could clip it <laughs> oh heck yeah 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 I was going to send it directly to Mitchell House actually <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>